Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Meet him, greet him, treat him, and street him. Today's date is May 28, 2013, and I am your skeptical host, Ken Mill. The title of today's podcast is Weak in the Knees. We have a guest on the SGEM today, the man, the myth, the EBM diagnostic legend himself, Captain Cranium, Dr. Chris Carpenter. Chris, please say hello to our SGEM listeners and remind them, besides being a brilliant guy, where are you working and what are you doing? Hey, this is Chris Carpenter. I am the Director of Evidence-Based Medicine at Washington University in St. Louis, and I'm also the Decision Editor for the Academic Emergency Medicine Evidence-Based Diagnostic Series. Great to have you back on the SGEM, Chris. We have a great topic to go through and an even better paper to discuss today. It's a diagnostic accuracy paper, and Chris, you wrote the book on this area. I mean, literally wrote the book. And the book's called Evidence-Based Emergency Care, Diagnostic, Testing, and Clinical Decision Rule. Now, I love the book. The title, mm, Clinical Decision Rules, you know how I feel about rules, Chris. I like to break those. So, Chris, um, could you give me a case that we can uh, discuss today? Sure. I think we have all seen these cases probably on a weekly basis in our emergency departments. Let's say a 40-year-old construction worker presents with a painful and swollen right knee. He can't recall any injury to the knee. He has no significant past medical history, including no history of gout or other crystalloid arthropathies, no prior knee surgeries or endovascular infections like endocarditis. The knee hurt yesterday, but it's much worse today with a palpable effusion and no notable overlying erythema or warmth to the touch. You note no surgical scars or overlying abrasions. And he takes no daily medications. He can't even remember the last time he saw his physician. Vital signs, 140 over 80, pulse 60, respiratory rate 18, temp 36.8 Celsius. Celsius, that's a Canadian thing, right? It is. And pulse ox 100%. He's lean and muscular. He's a typical construction worker. He's got no significant findings on exam except that right knee is painful, swollen, and any kind of movement is exquisitely uncomfortable for him. Great. That's a perfect setup for today's discussion because the question we have today is what history, physical, or diagnostic studies can help in the diagnosis of septic arthritis? And we always like to lead into some of these things with some background information. And the background information for this particular topic is that there are many causes for monoarticular arthropathies which present to the emergency department. These include trauma, yep, we see those all the time, rheumatoid, lupus, and infectious causes such as viral, fungal, and bacterial. And it's the septic arthritis due to bacterial that we're concerned about today. And the incidence is about 10 per 100,000 patients per year in the U.S. And the incidence is higher in patients with prosthetic joints or pre-existing rheumatoid arthritis. Immunocompromised patients with HIV are also at risk, or sorry, increased risk for septic arthritis. Septic monoarticular arthropathies can strike any joint, but 50% of the cases are seen in knees, and the rest are seen in hips, shoulders, and elbows, and then the rest of the joints. Now, prompt diagnosis and appropriate treatment is required to prevent morbidity and mortality. Previous research has suggested that in most cases, 
of acute monoarticular arthropathies can be diagnosed using history, physical examination, and diagnostic testing in three days. Yes, that's right, you heard me, SGM listeners, three days. Now, most emergency physicians only have maybe three hours, not three days, to differentiate between a septic and non-septic joint. So, that's the background information. Chris, can you give us the reference paper we're going to be talking about today? Sure. The paper that we're going to talk about is a systematic review uh, in the evidence-based diagnostic series. It is from the uh, August 2011 issue of Academic Emergency Medicine. It is entitled Evidence-Based Diagnostics, Adult Septic Arthritis. And the reference is uh, volume 18, uh, issue number 8, pages 782 to 796. And you're a very humble man, Chris, because I noticed that the lead author on this paper is Captain Cranium himself, Dr. Chris Carpenter. So we've got the best expert to talk about this very subject. So that's great. So yeah, I don't know this Captain Cranium person, but <laughs> when you do see him again, let me meet him. I will. So can you take us through the PICO question and the paper, Chris? Yeah, the PICO question that we put together was adult patients with suspected septic arthritis. You may ask why adults. We feel that pediatric patients with an acutely swollen uh, joint is a different population, uh, slightly different presentation, probably different history and physical exam, diagnostic accuracy, and different accuracy of the diagnostic test that we're going to be studying in terms of labs. The intervention that we're looking at is history and physical exam, synovial white blood cell count, synovial lactate, and some of those serum tests that our orthopedic colleagues like to order all the time. The comparison group would be unaided clinical gestalt without any of these diagnostic tests. And the outcome of interest is diagnostic accuracy, that is sensitivity, specificity, and likelihood ratios for each of these diagnostic tests. Now, I noticed in the methods section that you were adhering to the MOOSE criteria. Was that a Canadian reference? <laughs> it was. The MOOSE criteria are the publication guidelines for meta-analyses of observational studies and epidemiology. And they are the structure that authors of meta-analyses that are observational data should adhere to. These give authors of primarily diagnostic studies, because diagnostic studies are primarily observational, not randomized controlled trials, gives them a structured framework upon which to build their meta-analysis. Okay, well thanks for uh, clearing up that MOOSE reference. The results of the study, when I went through it, it said the prevalence of non-gonococcal septic arthritis in the emergency department patients was about a quarter, or 27%, and that only joint surgery and cellulitis over a prosthetic joint increased the likelihood ratio, and that increase was 6.9 and 15, respectively. Interestingly, history, physical, and serum tests did not help post-test probability. In fact, all those tests we can get, which you already referred to, I think, as the orthopedic tests, and they're three-letter tests. They're the CBC, specifically the WBC, the ESR, and the CRP, or CRAP. None of those tests help post-test probability. What about that seven-letter word you mentioned earlier? What about lactate, Chris? Are you talking serum lactate or synovial lactate? Synovial lactate. Yeah, synovial lactate did show some promise. Uh, we were able to identify a handful of studies, most of which were about 20 years old or more, that actually evaluated synovial lactate, and those showed some promising results. 
Okay, so uh, nothing on the history and physical or laboratory tests helped? Well, there were a couple of elements of history, and it's interesting. We looked at um, PubMed and found uh, almost 1,700 citations in our search strategy. Embase found another uh, 2,386 citations. We found an additional 11 references identified by bibliometric uh, hand search. Um, but of all those, only 32 met our predefined inclusion criteria. So for this condition that we see probably on a daily basis in emergency departments across the world, only 32 original diagnostic studies can even contribute to this question of what is the diagnostic accuracy of history, physical exam, and labs. Of those, only one looked at history of those 32 studies, and that was a Dutch study um, in a rheumatology clinic population. So all of the parameters that I'm going to give you come from 5,000 Dutch rheumatology patients. These are not emergency department patients, which means that we really have no idea what the diagnostic accuracy of history and physical exam are in ED patients with acute monoarticular arthritis and suspected septic arthritis. That said, the findings on history that the Dutch study did show help include prosthetic uh, joint with an infection over that prosthetic joint. The likelihood ratio positive was 15 Keep in mind the likelihood ratio negative there is 0.7. So not a very useful negative likelihood ratio. The absence of uh, prosthetic joint and infection doesn't really exclude septic arthritis. The other finding that was particularly helpful was prior joint surgery in that affected joint within three months. Likelihood ratio positive, 6.9. Likelihood ratio negative, 0.78. Again, the absence is not very helpful. All the remainder of the history uh, elements, including age over 80, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, skin infection over the, the joint, or presence of HIV really had likelihood ratios far less than five, and none of the likelihood ratio of negative were lower than 0 .064, I'm sorry, 0 0.45. So Chris, can I ask you, what would you consider a good positive likelihood ratio? What do you like to see that really helps you? In general, a likelihood ratio positive greater than 10 significantly increases your post-test probability of disease being present. Concurrently, a likelihood ratio negative of less than 0.1 reduces your probability. The study does have some problems with external validity then if we're only dealing with um, Dutch patients in a rheumatology clinic. It really doesn't specifically apply to the emergency department setting in North America. Yeah, and things get worse. There were absolutely no studies that evaluated physical exam in any setting, rheumatology clinic, ortho clinic, emergency department. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're an aspiring researcher, wow, the field is wide open for you to examine a common problem. <sighs> well, what about conclusions? And I think it's only proper that because you're the lead author on this paper that you give the actual quote, the actual quote of the conclusion to this paper. Well, our conclusions were that the estimated prevalence of non-gatococcal septic arthritis in adults presenting to the emergency department with acute monoarticular joint complaints was approximately 27%. With the exception of recent joint surgery or cellulitis overlying a prosthetic knee or hip, the history of physical exam and routine blood tests do not distinguish acute septic arthritis from other forms of arthritis. In other words, neither the presence nor the absence of these findings significantly changes the probability of septic arthritis. On the other hand, a synovial white blood cell count of greater than 50 can increase the probability of septic arthritis, while a synovial white blood cell count from 0 to 25 uh, can reduce the probability of septic arthritis, and values between 25 and 50 require additional testing and perhaps empiric antibiotics pending definitive culture results. 
future prospective trials are needed to understand the sensitivity, specificity, and positive and negative likelihood ratios for elements of the history and physical exam, as well as point-of-care inflammatory synovial markers such as lactate, which may be useful to rule in or rule out septic arthritis. In the meantime, clinicians should be aware of the risk factors for non-gonococcal septic arthritis and expeditiously selecting appropriate diagnostic and therapeutic options while consulting orthopedic surgery for early management when clinical evaluation remains less than definitive. Thank you, Chris. Um, I'm just going to go through some of the BEAM comments then because those are the actual conclusions from the paper, and I appreciate that. But I'm going to um, you know, apply my critical eye to your paper. I feel a little awkward doing yep. this, but I'm going to put my skeptical eye onto your paper. I know where you live. Oh, you know where I live. Okay, first of all, you know, the the review was done on English only. Most of the papers uh, had low to moderate quality evidence by uh, Quadis criteria. And for our Australian listeners, it was not Qantas. It was Quadis. Chris, can you tell us what Quadis criteria are? Quadis stands for the Quality Assessment Tool for Diagnostic Accuracy Studies. And it's basically a magnifying glass that you can put up to each of the individual diagnostic studies that you include in your systematic review as a measure of quality for that particular study. As you know, there are at least 10 different forms of bias that are unique to diagnostic studies, like spectrum bias, like incorporation bias, like double gold standard bias. Those things don't apply to interventional studies, but they do certainly um, affect sensitivity and specificity estimates and diagnostic research in different ways. So, so the Quadis tool allows you to recognize where those biases exist in the literature that you're including in your systematic review and perhaps to therefore comment upon how your estimates, your summary estimates of sensitivity and specificity might be skewed based upon these forms of bias. So nothing to do with flying to Australia? No. And then only one study, and you mentioned this, assessed the diagnostic accuracy of the history and none evaluated physical exam. By design, you excluded all gonococcal arthritis, correct? Correct. And then there was no patient-centered outcomes uh, reported in the in the original studies, not in your study, but in the original studies. Right. Well, taking that all into consideration, Chris, could you give us a short beam bottom line, a best evidence of emergency medicine bottom line that the SGM listeners could take away from this podcast? Well, I would put it into about five sentences, and I would say that diagnostic studies of history and physical exam to evaluate septic arthritis in any setting, ED or otherwise, are virtually non-existent. Few septic arthritis diagnostic studies adhere to the STARD criteria. The STARD criteria are the basis upon which diagnostic studies should be built from day one of data collection to the final publication. Serum tests, like the white blood cell count, Set rate, C-reactor protein, for septic arthritis are inaccurate and probably worthless studies acutely. Synovial gram stain has a sensitivity of 29% to 65% and specificity is completely undefined. A synovial white blood cell count greater than 1,000 has an interval likelihood ratio of infinity, whereas a synovial white blood cell count of 0 to 25 has a likelihood ratio of 0.33. Synovial lactate, as well as uh, polymerase chain reaction are promising tests for the future ED evaluation of suspected acute septic arthritis. Excellent. So in the end, uh, when it comes to uh, the diagnostic accuracy of history, physical uh, exam, and uh, serum tests, at this point, we don't know. We don't know. Correct. Lactate looks promising, though, but we have to figure out what form of lactate. Thanks, Chris. It's now time to announce last week's Keener Contest winner who was Dr. Chris Edwards from Australia.
Congratulations, Chris. I challenge the SGEM listeners to come up with some ED-themed memes. A meme is a, quote, idea, behavior, or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. End of quote. A meme can act as a carrying unit for cultural ideas, symbols, or practices that can be transmitted from one mind to another through writing, speech, gestures, or rituals. Supporters of the concept regard memes as cultural analogs to genes in that they self-replicate, mutate, and respond to selective pressures. Chris sent in a meme from The Matrix showing a picture of Morpheus, and the meme said, What if I told you that the symptoms you have had unchanged for six months is not an emergency? Again, congratulations, Chris, and I will be sending you out a cool, skeptical prize. So, Chris, as our guest today on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine, would you like to give our keener contest for this week? Yeah, Ken, thanks for the invitation. Yesterday in the United States was Memorial Day, and I would ask your uh, listeners where Memorial Day originated from, what what year it originated, and what exactly it was celebrating. So if you know the answer to that Keener Contest question, send it to me, thesgem at gmail.com. Use Keener Contest in the subject line, and if you're the first person to know where Memorial Day came from, I will send you a cool, skeptical prize. Chris, thank you very much for being on the show. And I hope that we can get together and do another podcast soon. Thanks, Ken. My pleasure. So remember to be skeptical of anything you learn, even if you heard it on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Talk with you next week. Oh,